Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, welcome to the EFL and Below Show in association with the Football Mank Cave brought to you by the Manchester Football Social. No Prawn Sandwich Brigade here. We're looking at all of the action that takes place in Greater Manchester in the Football League and below, as the name suggests. No City, no United. This is proper football, proper terrorist stuff. And of course, with football, you get your trials and tribulations, you get your ups and downs, and that's exactly what's happening at Berry FC right now. We'll be talking about their financial worries and how they've got until May to try and save their football club. Lots going on over there at Gig Lane. But a positive mood at Stockport as they find their way to the top of the National League North table. Promotion is tantalisingly close for Stockport County. And of course, all the other bits and bobs that go along with supporting a football club includes getting to a cup final. And that's exactly what Kurz and Ashton have done. We'll have Mark Bradshaw on the line chatting to us on today's podcast. I'm Niall McCorn alongside me in the studio from the Football Man Cave. We have got Ian Foran. Hello, Ian. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. I'm looking forward to this one because there's a it's a real roller coaster ride. This podcast, I can it feel is, it, it coming. There's going to be peaks and troughs. Is what we like to talk about. And also, we've got Aaron Benson from the Football Man Cave, freshly struck down with hay fever. So if you hear a few sniffles and a few sneezes, it's just Aaron being affected by the old hay fever. Oh, thanks for doing that for me now. <laughs> Save me speaking. I think we might have a more positive podcast today. I'm hoping I so. I hope so. We all hope so, don't we? It was a bit gloomy last week. Very, yeah. very gloomy. A bit gloomy with Bolton and Berry, and of course Wigan Athletic not doing too well in the championship. But let's start. I know we're saying we're trying to be a bit more upbeat this week, but the key talking point of this week has been, of course, about the financial issues surrounding Berry Football Club. Now, we talked about this in depth last week about how the change of ownership that happened in December. Maybe there was a few few mistruths there from when the new owner came in, taking over from the old owner. Debts that maybe were historic that the new owner didn't know about. Of course, I'm talking about Steve Dale taking over from Stuart Day. And the case went to the High Court, Aaron. The result that Berry wanted is one they got. The case was adjourned and they've got now a few more weeks to try and figure out what the future is for Berry. Yeah, and I think the future probably is a lot more clearer as we found out on Wednesday. I think we can really look at the positives to this. So many times in financial problems that Berry have had, it's all been negative. It's been surrounded by negativity. So the fact that the club have got an adjournment until uh, the 15th of May, I think that's quite crucial. Obviously, the debt problems still haven't gone away. They owe just over £200,000 and that that's not going to shift itself and think over the next few days and weeks till the the big day the 15th of may steve dale 
and the rest of the board, they've got to find a way to, you know, to work out how do we shift this debt? How do we, mm. you know, not owe a great, a great amount of money to the HMRC? There's been a few big uh, announcements, particularly the statement by Steve Dale, which I found a bit hard to read. I don't See, know about I, you. I quite enjoyed it just because... It was good, but... You're a Berry fan. Yeah, so that- it's quite like, sort of light-hearted. You get some like ultra-politically correct statements, sure. don't you, nowadays, we think. How do you read that? So it was quite refreshing to read something which felt like it was for the working-class fan. For me, that's really interesting you yeah. say that, because obviously I'm not a Berry supporter. I'm on the outside looking in. You're in amongst it as a, as a Berry fan. So the statement for me was nice, because you often see chairman not always being transparent, not always being honest. For me, that felt like a quite an honest account, and he, he was quite damning in some of the words he said, such as, Berry cannot continue to spend like a Premier League club or act like a Premier League club. We need to cut our cloth accordingly. And from that, what I ascertained was that it's going to be a bumpy ride for Berry fans in the next couple of seasons, because I think in terms of investment on the field, that's probably going to go away. I think that's quite obvious from from that statement. I completely agree. They're just now going to have to suffer the consequences of what happened during the Stuart Day era, which was, you know, high overdrafts, high wages. Yeah, big name players big on name big wages. Big name players coming in. We've got James Vaughan, came gone. You know, big wage. Jermaine Beckford hasn't played for a long, long time. Well, still two years nearly. Yeah. Nearly two years, 2017, you're correct. Still top earner at the club. Harry Bond came in from Huddersfield. Chris Maguire came in from Oxford, gone on sure. to Sunderland. Never really hit the ground running at Berry. And you sort of pay the price for these big name signings that come in with a, a supposedly big reputation. And the fact is that with the exception of Vaughan, none of them have really delivered on the pitch at Berry. We saw last season under what was Lee Clark, Chris Lachetti, and then finally Ryan low there was the big summer spending in 2017 and it never clicked on the pitch and of course every time you sack a manager you've got to pay them off you've got to pay it doesn't just go away in football you have to you have to pay these people so it's like three managers in one season that does make a dent in your bank account i feel like there was because david flickcroft was there for so long Mm. and even under him he was working under a huge budget when the club were promoted in 2015 which is now four years ago sort of an abnormal budget under Stuart Day, which I'm sure was quite fortunate for Flickcroft. But we've seen then the problems that have come from that. And it was it can only go so far. Mm. You know, the spending, the debt, the borrowing, the overdrafts, and it's all and at the end of the day it's gotta to come to a dead end with ha- with big, big consequences. And we're seeing them now. At the moment, I think Berry fans of the idea of promotion, don't know what you think, Ian, but the that's gone now. They're thrown out of the way. It's not a big, big priority. The priority is making sure that in August, you know, fans still have a, have a place to go yeah. to at three o'clock on a Saturday. That's a really interesting yeah. point that Aaron makes there because I totally agree with the second part of your sentence that in August and next season, there needs to be a Berry yeah. Football Club. It doesn't matter in what incarnation. The club cannot be liquidated. It cannot be wound up. That yeah. would just be disastrous. It would be absolutely heartbreaking. But for me, in a strange way, Promotion becomes now even more paramount because you're going to need to pay off, what is it, the 220 grand yeah. to HMRC. Promotion, obviously, you come, comes with benefits in terms of financial injection from the EFL. You get prize money for going up a league. And it also gives Barry a bit of a safety net, Ian, in my opinion, because you don't want to be struggling financially in League Two and go down the route that we've seen other clubs go down and struggle to stay in the Football League and be relegated into the non-league. And it's like a black hole, a vortex you don't want to get sucked into. Whereas if they get promoted to League One, not only do they get that cash injection, but they've also got that safety net of they've got at least another season in the Football League if they can keep their books together, of course. I'm with you on that. I see, obviously, if they get a point deduction next year, which a couple of fans have spoke about, 
obviously you're in League Two, so and if they ain't got that cash to inject into that yeah. season, and, and inevitably they're going to lose players because they're going to have to, as I say, cut the cloth. Yeah, yeah. Then you're going to be like where the Macclesfields are down down at the bottom. And like I say, if you're up in League One. The, You'd rather be bottom of League One and the, take, a, take a relegation. And a points deduction there. And then you're yeah. in League Two and then you can rebuild. Because this is going to be a three, four year job. Mm. This isn't just going to be one season, right, we're, we're sorting now. And one thing I don't want to see is like in 12 months time, if that happens and they're in League One and the bottom of the league and they're about to get relegated, is I don't want to see fans sort of having a kickoff Because I feel like they need to remember this time right now and how close they are or how close they were to being non-existent and for the sake of taking basically a, a rubbish season in League One, you've got a club for the longer future. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like they need to to remember this time and say, look, get the promotion. Let's let's get to the end of the season. They're in a good position. They have got the players. They've had a bit of a bump, obviously, but it is a case of now let's let's get that promotion, get ourselves a buffer, and give ourselves two, three seasons to sort of reconsolidate, get ourselves a bit of a plan together and then move forward as a well-run club. Sure, I think there's definitely been, been a huge amount of perspective put into the club over the last few weeks. A month ago, what did they play? Stevenage, the idea then, if you'd have spoken to fans uh, going to that game, that they wouldn't be promoted. It was kind of unforgivable unforgivable and untalkable that they wouldn't get promoted. I meant that ball the statement was, it's amazing when you think of perspective and when you prioritise sure. just how important it is that there's still a club there. I think all fans would like to go up and you could say despite the financial uh, problems that have existed from what is it maybe December to March, the form they were on yeah. early March, you know, it was inconceivable they wouldn't go up and I think to still not go up it would be a massive missed, op- missed opportunity missed. Mm. I think to, to be back in League One and to make that bounce back would be huge it's unique, you don't always see clubs do that these days go straight back up to league one having been relegated but i do believe that priority wise fans just want a club for next season i don't think some of them of course we'd all like to be in league one you'd like your club to be in the championship and we'd all like to be in league one and city and united fans will want their team winning the league next season but in terms of priority i think we'd all just you know like to see the club stable more financially stable and run properly because We've not seen that over the past few years. Absolutely. And here's a section of the statement that was released by Berry Football Club from the chairman, Steve Dale. There will need to be major changes in the club to sustain its existence. It can no longer act like a premiership club as the previous owners aspired to and it needs to be cutting its cloth accordingly to guarantee its future. This is paramount to the fans and the community. Some actions needed will be bitter pills to take and some people will disagree but our course of action is impartial. I'm here to save a club, not to pander to certain individuals. The club comes first. There are many issues within the club that need addressing. Take it from me. What you see is not what you get. It serves certain people who do not have the interests of the club at heart, only their own personal agenda. Time will show who these people are. Yeah, that's, that's a statement. That's that quite is. a statement. That's a statement <laughs> and and he's not messing around. He's not beating around the bush here. But when he says some things will be bitter pills to swallow that to me sounds like he's probably going to be talking about getting rid of some of the better players maybe even saying Ryan Lowe you've done a great job but we can't afford to keep you or just cashing in on the assets because obviously Barry's asset at the moment is their squad it's their manager who will be highly sought after after the job he's done this season particularly if Barry do get promoted so it wouldn't be a shock if Ryan Lowe does go and and those bitter pills to swallow are what he's talking about there And like I say, in that situation, they've got to literally do whatever they can do to survive now. Obviously, get to the end of the season, I think the promotion is your main target, but I think Berry fans have just got to strap themselves in for a bit of a ride over these next two years. 
and accept that they're not going to be the berry of the hour even this season before this sort of three four games it's a case of I like, say Danny Mayers and I like, say Ryan Lowe's stuff like that they may be going out the door but it's for the better good and you've got to look at the bigger picture I definitely think the next couple of two three years could be a bit of a hard slog it could be a bit of a a painful watch and you know perhaps you'd rather that be in league one with better teams every week but as i said before there's been a great sense of perspective over the club over the fans the last few days and uh, hopefully the club have come through the worst of it now but the idea what we were a week ago and over the past few days previous to uh the court hearing on wednesday that the club could not exist was very very worrying mm. if you look at it though from a different different perspective they get rid of a lot of players. You've got um, an academy there, under 18s or Absolutely. whatever, starting to come through. Yeah. They, they could find some some real diamonds going forward, and they could be assets, obviously, further down the line. But it could be a, like a whole like Phoenix from the Flames type, bring the youngsters in and yeah. regenerate the club and just move it in a completely different direction. Well, it could be really might, exciting. Yeah, a few might have played in the uh, Checker Trade Trophy during yeah. the group stage, sure. and they got to the semi-final. So you can look at stuff like that and I mean, think there could be some positives. I know it's hard sometimes to praise other greater Manchester Football League clubs, but something Rochdale have done well over the last few years, bringing youngsters through that have become first-team players, um, and they've managed to, to make a profit on them, sell them on. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why Berry can't follow in those footsteps and, and keep themselves afloat in that sense. Uh, in terms of always having a revenue stream through their academy, certainly that's the that's the whole point of what academies are for oh, to yeah. bring players through. But just finally on this one, before we go and talk to to Mark Branshaw, the Curzon Ashton manager, about their cup final, which is coming up. As a Berry supporter, how much hope do you have that you will be able to turn up to Gig Lane next season? Like in all honesty, how do you feel about knowing that you're going to be able to walk up to those turnstiles at Gig Lane, go in, sit down, take your seat, and watch Berry play? Uh, I think you can look at definitely more positive. There feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel now, where a few days ago there definitely wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. What you can see if you look at the positives, there's a chairman and there's a club on board in terms of how it's run upstairs financially, you know, ready, financially stable, and there's a long-term plan and there's a long-term future for the club. We've talked a lot about the clubs who... Can you see them existing in 10, 15 years' time? Mm. Because they don't have that financial plan. They don't have that strong and stable idea of how do we run a football club. Maybe the people there aren't as quite as business business apt as maybe we thought. So you have to look at that in a in a positive way. I think the idea of, a fo- of just having a football club next season will be huge. I think there will be one, definitely. It's just the question is, there's this debt that obviously needs paying off and it's just how do you pay that off? And it'll probably be selling players. Maybe Lowe has to go, which would be a huge loss to the club. But it's going to be a painful watch over the next couple of years. And it is going to be a hard sell. You just hope over these next few days, one way they can get rid of the debt, hopefully, or ways to get more people through the turnstiles. And there's Colchester, Northampton, Port Vale, which may be a promotion party game or even say playoffs and just try and clear the debt as much as possible through attendances yeah absolutely okay well that's enough for Barry right now hopefully they can get themselves sorted and in the coming weeks on this podcast we'll of course give you our thoughts and opinions on the situation over there at gig lane but now let's move to ashton underline and curzon ashton who are looking to chase silverware manchester cup for the first time since 1990 on the cards ian on quite the exciting cards. for you oh yes i mean it's a fair old drab isn't it like looking at the manchester premier cup History, neighbours Ashley United are the record winners, so I'm sure that's something that they'll want to yeah. just get another notch in. But um, obviously, it's a great little competition. Obviously, it's for 
the Man- uh, the greater Manchester teams within the non-league. So it's it's a it's a wide variety of National League North downwards towards you say Chatterton's Mosley, Trafford FC stuff like that. So it's a good little test and. I don't know how serious teams have been taking it, but obviously silverware, silverware, and if they can get to a cup final and get a bit of silverware, it just gives you a bit of a bit of a lift on it, really, more than anything. And crown the kings of Manchester, let's call them. <laughs> well, why not ask the man who is the manager of Curzon Ashton what he thinks? Mark Bradshaw joins us on the line now on the EFL and Below show. Obviously, you got the cup final on Monday. Are we looking forward to it? What's, yeah. what's the sort of feeling towards the, the Manchester Premier Cup? At the start of the season, it's always like an opportunity to possibly give young lads, um, you know, an opportunity to see what they can do. But as as you progress through the rounds, then you know, as a football club, you it's nice to get some silverware. So in the in the last round, we, we played Chatterton in the semi final, and we um, we went really strong, you know, and got really good performance. And so ever since then. It's, it's been in the back of everybody's mind that we've got this final to look forward to and any final is uh, an opportunity for players to uh, highlight what they can do and uh, and get some uh, possibly some silverware as well so we're looking forward to it and uh, you know obviously we want to win the game Perfect, well we were just talking before in the studio um, Curzon haven't won it since 1990 which is uh, a a bit of a run. <laughs> um, so obviously, like I say we're, we're hoping for a, a Curzon win. But what do you sort of make of, of Mosley? Obviously, they, they sort of been put in there in FC United's place. But uh, have you seen much from this season? What's the sort of thoughts on them? Yeah, well, once once we we knew we had Mosley in the final, I, I was always going to get to a game. So I, I travelled over to um, Kids Grove a couple of weeks ago to watch them. Um, any team that's you know pushing for playoffs in the in the league is uh, is going to be a team who's got a bit of momentum and a bit of self belief. So it's going to be a tough game. I think uh, we played Mosley in the final uh, maybe three or four years ago. Uh, you know, and Mosley won it. So if you take the game lightly, as the, the players actually isn't right on the, on the night, you know, Mosley are more than capable of um, of causing you know what would be seen as an upset so our motivation is that we uh, we have to come across as professional as possible um, you know and try and implement our game the game's on on Hyde's pitch which is which is obviously a, a, a 3G pitch so that changes things a little bit in the way teams play um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a really good test for us and it's a game that Mosley um, no doubt will go into thinking that it's uh, it's just a bonus for them. They're not expected to uh, win, but they're going to have a real goal and they're going to try and uh, get a positive result. Hi, Mark. It's Aaron. Got a question on Mosley. Uh, at the moment, they're pushing for the playoffs in the Evo Stick West. At the moment, yep. they're in a bit of a promotion battle. Knowing the league well, you can throw a blanket over four or five teams in that league. Uh, they've all yeah. got three or four games to play. The fact that you've got maybe got your eye more on this final on Monday and they could uh, have their eye elsewhere, does that give you more confidence going into the game? Um, no, because I think every game's a one-off. You know, they they will have certainly playoffs in mind, but playing a team that are two levels above them, that, that's also a, a massive thing for them if they manage to beat us. So, 
I don't. I, I think it's a real um, game that they can play with no pressure. So that that could help them. Um, you know, our, our, our um, ethos throughout since I've come in has always been to take each game as it comes. Don't treat any game different than any other. Um, so, you know, whereas I would think that we should start favourites because of, of the league situation on the night, a cup game, if if you don't do things right and their players are fully motivated and I think it's going to be an easy game, then an upset could happen. So we've got to make sure that we're we're really at it 100% so that we, uh, you know, we play our game and we we hopefully get the result that we want. Hi Mark, it's Niall here. In terms of your season after this cup final, if you win, is that going to be a good springboard for you to try and string a few results together between now and the end of the season, of course? Because it's sometimes quite rare to have a cup final before the end of the season. Often you see them once the league is over. So the fact that you've still got a few league games to play after the game on Monday, say you do win, is that going to be a good platform for you to press on? Well, I hope so. You know, we we base our challenge of the players on, on game runs and trying to uh, trying to get as many wins as possible. You know, we've got five games left, uh, starting with Saturday uh, away at Telford, and then you know the Mosley game is like I say, it's a it's a cup final, so it's everybody's looking forward to that. But as soon as that game's over, we'll be planning and preparing for for the next game, um, which is Southport. Uh, and then we go to Stockport after that, and and if results are going the way that they have done this season, it could be the game that Stockport win the league. Um, so we would be expecting possibly a massive crowd at, at Stockport County. So each game has its own individual incentives, and we, you know, we challenge our players to meet them sort of challenges with it, with every game. So a cup final. Uh, we want to win the cup, but also, you know, we try and go into every league game fully prepared. That we want to try and get a positive result in that. So each game's just as important as each other, as, as far as we're concerned. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Mark. Um, we'll be down there anyway to sort of cover the match on Monday, and hopefully for the end of the season we can we can see a string of a couple of wins together and get up that table. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers, Mark. Thank you, mate. So that was Mark Bradshaw, the manager of Curzon Ashton, looking to try and capture the Manchester Premier Cup for Curzon Ashton for the first time since 1990. Good to chat to him. Yes, Um, very good. I think he's he's quite level-headed in in what the competition is. Obviously, it's great to win silverware. He said what most managers say, and that's we're taking one game at a time. But even though it's so boringly cliched, it's a really effective way to look at your season. (laughs) You've got to break it down because if you start getting ahead of yourself, that's when complacency creeps in and that's when you can find yourself in trouble. Yeah, and like you said, obviously, if they take it lightly and obviously Mosler will be right up for it, it, then there's an upset. And even like I say at the start, you said it's, it's a chance to blood the youngsters as such, but it's still a cup and it's still a bit of silverware. And the fact that they've not won it for... Well, 1990. Honestly, I can actually do their maths. 29 years. <laughs> Same as Liverpool winning. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. Um, not winning for 29 years. It is just something to be like, look, we've won a bit of a trophy. And it could just be a springboard. You just never know, do you, where it could lead on to that feel-good factor. I think I think the highest position they've, they've ever they've ever done is like 11th. So I presume they'll be wanting to just to 
to beat that, won't they? Definitely. And he mentioned about Stockport there, saying that you know one of their last games of the season is Stockport County at Stockport County. You know, Edgeley Park's going to be bouncing between now and the end of the season. The home games they've got left remaining. So let's just quickly touch on Stockport. They have obviously usurped Chorley at the top of the National League North. So for them, the spirits are going to be high, Aaron. They're going to be looking forward to, to a promotion party. All things going to plan, of course. Yeah, it feels like the work that's been going on, the long run, the... The endless months, I'm sure it's been for the fans who've been thinking, God, nearly there, nearly there, nearly there. And it finally comes around and look at the gap that both themselves and Charlie have built up. It's been a little journey for us looking at the table and <laughs> just seeing them creeping up. And I remember a few months ago looking, God, the gap between them and Charlie was huge. And now they've, uh, they're a point clear. And we talk about that big game between them and Charlie uh, on Easter Saturday. And that's just here and... For the work they've been on and Ian you've been saying just hanging in there hanging in there till they get to Charlie I didn't agree with the terminology of hanging in there just stay behind him on that horse race and then boom look at him like galloping Tiger away Roll in the Grand National just go. waiting for the right moment to let loose and get through and get over that line and let's hope Stockport do that anyway coming up in the next section of the podcast we're going to be talking about Rochdale and Brian Barry Murphy who's come in he's got the permanent manager's job he's got them playing and he's got them a lot harder to beat Sunderland we spoke about that game last week only just in the dying stages of that game managed to get a result against Rochdale who of course are trying to stave off relegation we're also going to be talking a little bit about Salford City and their form as well as Ashton United perhaps doing the great escape Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show, with Football Mank Cave. Welcome back to the EFL and Below Show, in association with the Football Mank Cave from the Manchester Football Social. Send us a tweet, follow us on Twitter, get involved with the show, it's at Social on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another episode and leave us a nice little review as well. We'd love to hear what you think. But if there's anything you want to talk about, tag us in a tweet 
at MCR Footy Social. Use the hashtag EFL below. We want to know your opinions. We want to know your talking points for the show, whether it be Berry, Bolton, Championship. Doesn't matter what it is. We'll be talking about it as long as it's not those pesky Premier League teams that we don't like <laughs> chatting about on this show. Joining me in the studio, we've got Ian Foran from the Football Man Cave. Hello. Hello. Aaron Benson's also here from the Football Man Cave. Hello. Hello. And now McCon is also that's here. That's me. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. I want to talk about Rochdale guys because we've spoken about them at length on previous podcasts about their struggles to stay up in League One, about Keith Hill getting the sack, which I thought was the wrong decision at the time. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Brian Barry Murphy has done really well since he's gone in there. We spoke about it last week on the podcast. He's got the permanent job over at Spotland. So unlucky against Sunderland. I mean, the positivity is there. The signs are there that they can do it and they can stay up. Yeah, signs are there. The huge. It was a BBM masterclass against Accrington Stanley. It was never in any doubt for me that they would win. Having struggled in the first half, it was a real big turnaround second half to get the win, to get the three points. It's another clean sheet, isn't it? It's another game where they've managed to snuff out the attack, nullify the attack. It's been uh, two clean sheets in six, and there's only been four goals conceded in six games, which is a huge turnaround from what we saw under Keith Hill, where they were shipping five, six goals a game. And in that relegation battle that we've talked about, of the 13 teams, 12 teams in there, separated only by a small number of points it's really huge to get the win and you psychologically you know it affects the other teams and it makes you feel so much better it'll still be a real scrap to the end of the season what's so important now is you think oh we've got we've done the hard bit getting out the relegation zone but Mm. in some ways the battle really starts now because for the next four or five games however long there is left i'm not quite 100 percent sure they've got to really just you know keep on going with what they're doing keep on keeping with the clean sheets the defense keeping that tight i was looking at the squad and it's amazing the quality of players they have Aaron wilbraham who they've got in we know the workaholics in midfield with camps and henderson of mcnulty been in around the football league for so long so the squad's there the players is there and it could just be that keith hill just wasn't getting out the best of the plays just wasn't using uh defensively tactically they weren't good enough but bbms obviously unlock yeah. that door you used the word stale on previous podcasts yeah. to describe keith hill and and although it's not anything to do with how good or bad keith hill is as a manager i don't think it's anything to do with that sometimes you just need to freshen things up and yeah. it's almost like no hard feelings you've done an amazing job keith but obviously fresh ideas have worked at rochdale so far although the proof will be in the pudding if bbm keeps them up because yeah, then we'll right. have to decide whether it was a good decision or not if he takes them down anyway well, that's it. I mean, sometimes they sort of say change is good, but um, I think they've won. No, they've lost. They've lost once in six matches, obviously against Sunderland. Um, they're the only, apart from Wimbledon, only form team as such in that bottom sort of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got themselves out. I mean, another win. You're talking up to fifteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth. He's really has turned them around. He's, obviously, that new manager bounce that we've spoke about so much on the podcast, but. That usually lasts maybe three or four matches, and you can just sort of see that they're a better unit. Obviously, they're playing better, they're getting results, they're keeping clean sheets. Yeah. Um, they lost against Sunderland. I, I presume they'll probably lose against Portsmouth this weekend. Well, yeah, like you said but, before, it's Sunderland and Portsmouth back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, they're two games where you're not really expecting to get any points no, out of them, no, but that's all. not how football works. I mean, they ran Sunderland so close. They'll give Portsmouth a good game, I'm, yeah, I have yeah. no doubt about that. 
It's just making sure you pick up those points against your closest relegation rivals. And they've got some huge games coming up. Two massive home games in April still to come with Wickham and Southend. And Wickham on a real slippery slope. So, I mean, they could take advantage of that. And Rochdale, in some ways, they're the form team in terms of nicking points from in and around them. And they've become very difficult to play against. Really tightened up at the back. Talk about that leaky defence they've had conceding the goals. And they were... The goals against Colin was higher than anybody else's. And you've got to credit Brian Barry Murphy for coming in, making a couple of tweaks here and there. And before you know it, they look they look like a really good, solid defensive team. And that could very simply just be the change with the coach, the change of the manager. Keith Hill did a fantastic job over a number of years, two promotions on two separate occasions. And I'm sure if Brian Barry Murphy can long run, eclipse what Keith Hill's done, it would be an incredible achievement. But still, they've got five games to come. And they've got three winnable games, I think, against Wickham, Bristol and then Southend at the end of April. Yeah. And they'll be the three games which will probably decide the fate. And it's a, it's a busy, busy Easter coming up for them. We put a poll out on our Twitter the other day. We asked Rochdale fans three options, basically. Where do you think you'll end up? Mid-table, just stave off relegation or relegated. And two and three reckon they'll just stay up. Like I thought it might have been a mid-table. I thought it would be like, yes, let, let's ride the wave, let's go with it. But well, like, they reckon they'll just stay up. That cluster of teams down there is so tight down at the bottom of League One. I mean, yeah. so many teams around the mid-40s mark in terms of the points. No one's safe from relegation. You know, you can win one game and get up to 13th and then all of a sudden you lose a couple and you're right back down there, really staying near to the trap door. So a few wins can be priceless. I mean, you think picking up points here and there, you need wins to stay up. Of course you do. But it's that strange time of the season where everyone's so close that one or two wins for Rochdale against teams around them, maybe even a win and a draw, could keep them up this season. Yeah, there's always the magic case of in the Football League, isn't it? You need 50 points to stay up. That was always the number. If you get 50 points, you consolidate yourself for next season. I feel like with the League One, it's so close. Six points separating 13th to 23rd in the league. (laughs) You can... uh, I know it's crazy. You can... uh, you can win one, great, win two, great, and you can afford to lose a game, which in so many other seasons in other leagues around the world, you can't even lose a game when you're in the relegation zone. Mm. Worst case scenario, you sniff out for a, for a nil-nil draw. Maybe you can lose one game, I think that's fair enough, which in many ways is a big advantage. You can afford that defeat and maybe maybe Rochdale have had theirs under yeah. Sunderland mm. and they can't really afford too many more, but they've still got teams in around them to get some points off and BBM coming into the t- coming into the club. He's had a few opportunities. The official has been kind to him almost because they're definitely winnable points, but yeah. maybe we'll see just how strong uh, yeah. Rochdale's defence is at Fratton Park. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. I'm hoping that anyway. Um, obviously, I'd love to see Rochdale stay up. I really would, but just no luck for them on Saturday, in my opinion. <laughs> I won't be wishing them luck this weekend for the one game for between now and the end of the season, of course. I want to quickly deviate to League Two. We spoke about the EFL Manager of the Season for League Two award being given to, to Ryan Lowe, and we said maybe if Neil Ardley can keep Notts County up, if Sol Campbell can keep Macclesfield up, then surely he deserves a look-in for that award. Well, Sol Campbell has managed to take Macclesfield out of the League 2 relegation zone at the expense of Yeovil Town. If they stay up, that would be unbelievable as an achievement. And he's a first-time manager, Campbell, isn't he, as well? Very outspoken about the fact that he's never had an opportunity when Mm. Gerard and Lampard have gone in without much... Big, the biggest qualifications, the UEFA A licence, Pro licence, whatever, haven't had that. He has had that and other black managers and now he's got his chance, Sol Campbell, and he's 
couldn't have had a tougher start. Bottom of the no. football league ladder and gone in first time manager. Not like with sort of experience being a firefighter manager, not got that tag. He's that new manager tag and he's come in and while 99% of fans and around here were following Manchester City, I was keeping the eye on, <laughs> on Macclesfield, seeing how they were doing and obviously 2-0 down to extra and turning it round. Talk yeah, about teams, the minute brilliant. you go 1-0 down, heads down, you're dead. But the fighting spirit showed by Macclesfield may just be their USP in yeah, keeping them up. Absolutely. OK, let's drop down another level, this time oh, Salford going. City. I want to know how much of an achievement it will be for them if they get promoted because they're miles ahead of their game plan in terms of the strategic plan to get Salford into the Football League. I think they're like four seasons ahead, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Four seasons ahead of where you want to be. But obviously, when you get into such a good position, it can almost be heart-wrenching when you don't get what you want. So how big an achievement would promotion be for Salford this season, considering it is their first season in the National League? They've obviously got a bit of clout behind them in terms of finances. They've got some really good players, some league-quality players. Where would that rank uh, amongst the achievements of our Greater Manchester sides this season if they go up? I think it'll be a huge achievement. If they can go up for the first time of asking and get themselves into League 2, um, it would it would be... Up there with with one of the greatest achievements from where they've been even five years ago. Um, they've turned into a cracking bit of form just at the right time. Adam Rooney's come back from injury. Um, you sort of look back when we were speaking a couple of weeks ago about these people putting poles out when Graham Alexander out. You look at it now and you think... Absolutely ludicrous. It's just, <laughs> it's a, just a blip. Every single team in every single season has a blip at some point. Ride it out and crack on you were still in the playoffs I mean even if you was in mid-table yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. be buzzing but what the two points off now it's such a volatile league as well yeah it's it's close I mean obviously you've brought Solly Olmos Salford City and uh, Leighton Orient uh, sort of two, two three points separating them three and, and Orient have obviously got the FA Trophy final to, to think about so they'll yeah. have Wembley on their minds undoubtedly they've had a bit of a wobble themselves they've only, only won two out of three do you know what I mean sort of seeing where they were yeah it's, it's, it's interesting I, I think I think Salford, if they win at weekend, they've got the BT Sports um, kickoff at midday. Sure. And I think if they win that, it's one of them things. If they can then get one point in front, it puts the pressure on Leighton Orient and they've got to respond. And it's kind of going to be, you don't get that often in the National League where one plays before the other. But it's a good it's a good test to put them under pressure and just see how they are. And I think playing first is a huge advantage for them. Get ahead of Leighton Orient and Solihill North. Haven't lost since February, Salford. And that rule we talked about just after New Year's Day kind of fell off a bit of a cliff. I think it was just they never really had a bad run of form in the, the recent history under the class of 92 Salford. So it was obviously a bit of patience. Get back on side. Adam Rooney's come in on great, great form. I talked about Salford last week. We all know my views. I still think they'll go up. And now you have one more point to make. Yes, I was thinking <laughs> at the end of the season, once everything's said and done, and we know who's up, who's down, who's staying where they are. We should go back into the archives and listen to what we said about Graham Alexander. Say Salford do get promoted. Listen to what we said and about those fans that said he should be sacked and he should leave. And we should play on the podcast as a <laughs> as a flag of <laughs> as a flag of Graham Alexander solidarity. Yeah, absolutely. So people can listen to how stupid they sounded when they say they wanted the manager sacked. But I thought it'd be quite interesting just to look back and see how the season has changed it'd be great to look back and see how the season has developed for for all of our teams because you do get teams that have those patches just after Christmas where there's so many games that if you do start losing it can quickly become three or four games in a row within the space of like three weeks you know so it's quite an interesting thing to look back at yeah definitely like like we say every team has, has a tough patch and has a rocky patch and 
at that point, I think, especially sort of lower league teams, especially teams like Salford, and I, I, I'm going to go back to Berry in a couple of seasons, when they had that rocky patch, they've got to remember, like, Salford, where they were five years ago, Berry in the instance, where they were this time last year. You need to sort of just take football with a bit of realism because I think half the time fans get carried away and yeah. they're like, obviously every single fan wants their football team to win every single week and it doesn't happen. And you've got to have that little bit of realism of it's football. It's gonna. It's, <laughs> it, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's only a game. Yeah, but didn't Bill, didn't Bill Shankly say that once? Football's a matter of life and death, but I can assure you it's much more than that. <laughs> and, I think, and I think a lot of people probably still take that saying quite seriously. Just before we wrap the podcast up, then we've spoken about Curzon Ashton. It would be wrong not to talk about Ashton United. They're cross-town rivals, of course, in the National League North. Ashton United possibly could do a great escape. I mean, we've seen stranger things happen in the National League North. We've seen stranger things happen in football in general. I mean, talking about achievements, another one that would be huge. It'd be absolutely massive. It's just about building on the momentum that you've started. There's no point winning one game, then losing two after that. You've got to make sure you capitalise on when you're doing well. I think it was myself actually who said Ashley United are down. I think a couple of weeks ago, like, yeah, we all we, said we, it. We, all said we, we can yeah. forget about that. Yeah, we're not going back and playing that no. one. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at them now. Obviously, they had a cracking win over Spending Moore last week, three 0 and uh, that was totally against the form book as such. Exactly, and against a great team in Spending Moore, they've done so well this season. But to win three 0 they've put themselves four points behind Geisley, and they've got them to play this Saturday. If they can win, they're one point behind, Leap and it, on the it cards. is just like. It's exciting. It's an exciting time, and it's a crazy season now, isn't it? Because everybody just beats anybody. It's it's like um like a wild west. Just let's just <laughs> big shootout. Let's just go for it. But yeah, I really do. I I, I do believe that FC United are down. I'm going to stick with that still. But yeah. I think Ashton United, if if they can win this weekend, I've got a real chance of staying up, and I think that would be. An amazing turnaround. I think maybe if they can take it to the last game of the season and give them a chance, because right now they've got nothing to lose. Because you know, if the season was to finish right here, right now, they would be down, and you know, nobody wants that to happen. No one wants to do relegation, so it does almost become a free hit. And then if you can maybe claw back a bit of an advantage, as they have done to Geisley, who really have no form themselves. And if they can do that, just maybe get it to the last game of the season. Obviously, I think if they were to lose this weekend, then you're back to square one. And yeah. It's over. I think it's a make or break game, isn't it, really? I've got to be it's a bit, getting exciting, isn't it? I've got to be a bit, bit of a party pooper and say that I still think they'll go down. <laughs> well, I'm saying going to stay oh, up. I'm so keep on the that. fence. I've got splinters. <laughs> yeah, you could keep that. Please keep that. I've got splinters in my backside. I can't decide. <laughs> anyway, this has been the EFL and Below show for another week. Thanks for listening in. In association with the Football Man Cave, the website where you can get all your local football news in and around Greater Manchester, of course. Go and check it out. Footballmancave.com. I've been Nama Corn alongside me in the studio today. We've had Ian Foran. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Aaron Benson, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another episode. Make sure you leave a review as well. That would mean a lot to us. And if you do follow Manchester City or Manchester United, you can listen to dedicated podcasts related to those two football clubs. Just search Manchester United Football Social or Manchester City Football Social wherever you get your podcasts. But this has been the EFL and Below Show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. We'll speak to you next time. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 